Welcome to today's Church Central podcast. We're a family of churches across Birmingham. To find out more, head to churchcentral.org.uk. Hi everyone. If you are new to church today or newer in the last few weeks and we haven't met yet, my name is Rich and it's my pleasure to lead us through the next bit of this video looking at some words from the Bible together. And how it's going to work is I'm going to do a bit and then you're going to do a bit and then I'm going to do another bit, which makes it a little bit easier for me and probably a tiny bit more impetus on you. And for that, you are very welcome. We are going to be thinking all summer about this theme, who are we? Exploring seven metaphors that the Bible gives to show us what this thing called church is really all about. Seven metaphors to describe the people of God. And we're going to be exploring these together for seven weeks. Metaphors like we are yeast, we are a body, we are an army, we are a bride, we are a temple, we are foreigners and aliens. And as someone who can find the Bible a little bit confusing at times, and if I'm honest, can find my relationship to it when I'm reading it to be a little bit dry at moments... I'm really excited that we're going to be looking at metaphors this summer because metaphors do two really helpful things. Firstly, they show us that God's truth and learning about the Bible and engaging in things like you are today is for ordinary people. It uses everyday language objects that the people in Jesus's day would have been fully aware of. Right. They all knew what yeast did. Weddings were a massive part of the community life and so they all knew what a bride was. And I'm pretty sure that almost all of them had a body as well, so that one was quite relatable too. It's like God wants to communicate to us in ways that we can understand, that are relatable to our normal life and where we're at. I love that we do not need to be a PhD rocket scientist to be a follower of Jesus. And I also love metaphors because they are a way of communicating that aren't limited to a kind of Western rational learning model. Because if you think about metaphors on a purely logical level, they are clearly nonsensical and untrue. Take uh, one thing that Jesus says, the church is yeast, right? That is clearly not true. Pick three of the most annoying members of your community group put them in some dough and cook them for an hour and you will see that they are not yeast. It's clearly untrue. Jesus is lying, throw out your faith, panic stations. Except that on another level, the church's yeast is very true and really profound, but it requires us to engage our imagination, our senses even, our emotions. Metaphors speak to us in a fuller and deeper way than just our logic. And so I want to ask you to engage your imagination and your senses and your emotions as we think about today's metaphor, that we are salt and light. Jesus says to his followers in Matthew chapter 5 in the Bible, you are the salt of the earth. And in the next verse, you are the light of the world. Who are we? We are salt and we are light. Now, I've got some thoughts about this. 
that in a little while I'm going to share and those will take about nine or ten minutes just to let you know so when you pause this video in a second you've still got about nine or ten minutes to go so if you've got children like frying in 33 degree heat outside don't now spend four hours doing the activity I'm about to give you and just leave them but for as long as you feel is safe, what I want you to do in a moment when I prompt you is press pause on this video and then do three things. Firstly, I want you to bring your own sermon illustration into the room that you're in, which is that I want one of you to go and get some salt if you can. It can be in a salt pot or a salt grinder or a salt shaker or whatever form of salt. It can be bath salt if you want, though that will ruin the points that I'm going to make. But it can be any form of salt if you can. And I want you to start passing it around so that everyone gets to shake it and hear it and maybe even put a little bit in their hand and maybe... The really brave ones can put their little finger in it and can taste it if they want to. That'll be funny. You can maybe nominate someone to do that. But I want everyone to have a look or a listen or a taste of some salt and then put it somewhere that everyone can see it. And I also want you to click the lights on, even though you don't need to. Click the lights on, hopefully the main lights or if not a little lamp or something like that. And uh, don't worry if you've got cobwebs, we're a family, not a showroom, that's fine. And uh, if you want to, please charge the electricity to Johnny Meller at the Church Central offices. But I want everybody to be able to see in a moment some salt and some light. Second thing I want you to do is if you are gathering today and English is not your first language, I want you to teach the room how to say salt and light in your heart language. That'll be a good lesson for the English people in the room. It'll be fun for us and it'll help us understand something from your culture. So you can maybe get everyone to repeat it after you, salt and light in your language. And then for as long as you want to, please could you discuss what you think Jesus is getting at when he says salt and light. You might need to make it work in a room, maybe split the room in half, one half do salt, one half do light, maybe do little twos and threes, however it's gonna work, someone take a lead and make it happen. But then take a little bit of feedback, perhaps share one or two ideas that you discussed about what you think Jesus is getting at, and then press play again, and I'll bring you some thoughts from my reflections. Welcome back, I hope that that went okay and there's not too much salt everywhere and that no one got poisoned by eating too much salt, etc. Now, when I was thinking about these images, what it got me thinking about was purpose and place. And I want us to think about those for a few minutes. We're gonna spend most of the time thinking about purpose and then just a minute at the end thinking about place. Salt and light both have a purpose, don't they? They both do something, they are both items that make a difference in some way. Let's think about salt for a few minutes. Salt has several uses, doesn't it? In our day, probably the main use of salt that we're familiar with is that it brings out flavour. In our house, we love a homemade soup and when Ruth makes it, it's always delicious. And when I make it, despite the fact that it has lots of beautiful ingredients in it, it never quite works. But when you sprinkle some salt in it, then it comes together and it tastes okay <laughs> when I make it. It makes it taste better. And Jesus says, you are salt. We are salt. 
the church is meant to bring out the flavour. And there's already lots of beautiful ingredients in the world. But when we're scattered through a community, a place, an office, we're meant to help it taste better. We're meant to bring out those flavours. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I'd say in our culture, lots of people's experience of life is that there's lots to taste and enjoy, but then God and Jesus and Christians are trying to make everything bland and tasteless. But we are salt and God's intention in scattering you where you are scattered in your lives is that you would help make things taste better. I want you to reflect on that. What does that mean for how you interact with people, how you use your gifts, perhaps your artistic gift or your time? But it has another use too, doesn't it, salt? It has probably the really clever geeky ones in your gathering mentioned, which is that in the ancient world, salt was mostly a preservative, okay? And someone really clever might well have said the sentence, they didn't have fridges and freezers back then, and so they used salt. And that is absolutely true. Salt helps stop things going rotten. And the church is salt. The church is to stop the rot. We're to go and prevent things from getting worse or going sour and mouldy. And I don't know where you sit in terms of your religious views today or what you think is good or bad in the world or what political solutions or problems you see in the world. But everybody, I reckon, can see loads of stuff that they would say is pretty rotten. And the church is to help stop the rot. It's true on a big scale, and so the church should challenge rotten rhetoric about refugees, for example, or confront racism or rotten practices inside and outside the church. But it's true on a much more individual level as well. Maybe there's a family breakdown going on in your extended family, and you might want to step in and seek to stop the rot, bring some peace if you can. Or maybe you're in a WhatsApp group or a, a group chat and you just notice that over weeks and months it's just descended into a pretty rotten gossip, slander or kind of filthy joking or whatever it might be. And you just might want to stop the rot there. It could be a social interaction you're in or a conversation or a work culture that you're part of or a sector that you feel called to or just your house where the tone at times can get pretty heavy and pretty rotten. And as the church, we are to be salt. We're to help stop the rot. That's salt. What about light? Well, light has several purposes as well, doesn't it? One is simply to show the way. If you've ever been on an aeroplane in your life and ever been on an aeroplane when it's dark on the plane, you'll know that they have these lights up the corridor to show the way. Or if you're in a pub or a venue and over the exits and the loos, they have lights that tell you where to go because the lights are down low and you need to see the way. And Jesus says, you are light. We are to show the way. In small details of life, yes, willing to kind of help bring direction and say, oh, you know, why don't you think about this? Yes, but ultimately we're to show the way to God. To God, who is the true source of light, the true one who wants to truly show people the way. We're to show that life is about being loved and known by him and loving him in response and loving others with his 
love. That's what life is really about. And we as the church are to show people that. But there's something else that light does, which is that it dispels darkness, doesn't it? When my daughter wakes up in the night a little bit afraid, as I'm sure I used to, I often go and pop the light on next to her bed. And it's not because light is really wonderful, though maybe it is, but it's because for her darkness is really horrible. And how you confront darkness is you bring light. And we are in a world with many, many forms of darkness. How many people in just your last 20 WhatsApp messages are people who know darkness right now, who have dark thoughts or having dark clouds, would even use that language about how they're feeling. And then consider across our city the range of darkness that there is. There's financial darkness of debt or poverty or relational darkness of loneliness or toxic abusive relationships and social darkness of like homelessness or being trapped in modern slavery. And then, of course, there's the spiritual darkness of being far from Jesus, who is the true light. There is so much darkness. And Jesus says, we are the light. Do you see how there's so much more important things to think about than how we meet on a Sunday as a church? With just a minute to go, I want to quickly help us think about place. Because none of those purposes will come to pass if salt and light are in the wrong place. And Jesus did not say that you are the salt of the salt bottle. He said you're the salt of the earth to be scattered throughout. And he didn't say you're the light of the light bulb shop. He said you're the light of the world. What does it mean for us to be the church? Well, to be the church is yes, to be like salt and yes, to be like light. But much more, it's to be like salt where things are bland or rotting. And to be light where things are lost or dark. And I want to ask you, are you a follower of Jesus who is living in, in Jesus's words, the earth and the world? Or are you cooped up in the salt bottle? And the light bulb shop. I want to end by introducing you to a phenomenally inspiring woman, a humanitarian leader and author and speaker and pastor called Christine Kane from Australia. And she tells this story about when she was in a shop on a trip in uh, the United States with her little girl. And she was trying to rush out of the shop and rush to the till and get through. And she looked back and her little girl was stuck halfway down an aisle trying to get something off the shelf and play with it. And she was like, no, we can't have the time to do this. And she runs back and she's like, what are you doing? And the little girl's got a torch. And she eventually, to avoid a meltdown in the shop, is like, okay, you can buy the torch. And she brings the little girl through and they pay for it. And she gives it to the little girl and she says, there you go. Will you be happy now? And the little girl lights up and beams and she clicks it on and she starts shining it around. And then she bursts into tears and she does have that meltdown in the shop that Christine Kane had just paid money to avoid. And eventually, once the kind of gasping and the screaming and the shrieking had calmed down, she managed to get her little girl to just articulate what was wrong. And the little girl said through tears, Mummy, can we go and find some darkness, please? And Christine Kane said that at that moment, it was like God speaking right to her. It's like it doesn't matter if you've got a really nice light. If 
you only seek to shine where there's already loads of light. And actually we're made as light to go and find some darkness. And I wonder if God might be saying that to us. I wonder if he might be saying it to you as we look ahead to the winter cost of living, heating, food, pandemic that is coming to our city and our nation and to many of us as we consider all other forms of darkness in our city I wonder what God might be saying to you about you being the light and about your group being light and about our church being light and if you want to and if you've got time in your gathering and it works for you there's some prompts on the screen and take it or leave it use whatever's helpful but some things to think about and go a little bit deeper together if you want to but if not let us be in our lives salt and light together thank you for listening